Lando Calrissian and new Han Solo, Ugnaught, and Lobot action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. is in the hizzy. Star Wars fans and moof milkers everywhere. Welcome to episode number 37 of Blast Points. Gabe, we got a bunch of stuff to go over. We got some uh, we got some listener mail at the end. We got some new reviews. Stuff on one of the most beloved, important characters in the entire Star Wars saga, Lobot. Oh yeah. Uh, but first, let's get to the news. Good. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 8. Daisy Ridley was on a podcast called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Really? <laughs> I didn't know Daisy Ridley would do a podcast. Yeah, or especially one like that. Okay. <laughs> There's one called Blast Points. We're here. Uh, but she, uh, they asked her when she thinks we'd get a title for episode eight. Her response was, I heard a title, and I'm not sure it's going to be that. I really don't know much about anything. I heard it a long time ago, before we started filming, so I feel like some things have been tweaked slightly before, since production, but it's going to be a while before it's released, I'd imagine. That makes sense. Well, of course it is, yeah. <laughs> if anything, if we learn anything from Force Awakens, is it's like the minute Rogue One is on Blu-ray, then episode eight stuff's going to go nuts. Or when Rogue One is hitting theaters, we'll find out a title for episode eight. Because I still think we'll probably get a trailer, and then it'll be a year out, which is the same plan it did for Force Awakens. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point, maybe. We'll at least get the title in with Rogue One. Well, and some people were saying we'll find out the title at Celebration Orlando in April. I think that's too close to when the movie's coming out. Celebration Orlando is going to be all about episode eight, so they're going to have to have... Because we knew it was called Force Awakens before the last celebration. Oh yeah, that was it was November. Yeah. Then so. yeah, I bet you're right. It's gonna be even if the teaser before Rogue One is just the logo and it has the name of the movie and that's all they show, then we'll at least get that. Yeah. 
Which I would be happy if that's all the teaser is. Just a big number eight spinning around. I'm the king of eight, and I'm here to state that everything here has to total eight. The guards, for instance, by the gate, must always number exactly eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Somebody comes out on ice skates and skates an eight. (laughs) And then it says, can you wait for eight? (laughs) People wearing t-shirts that say no on them. No, 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 no. I think it'll be this year, either November or December. Yeah, it seems reasonable. Like me and Mark have been rehearsing a lot, and it's um, it's really amazing because when we went back to Skellig to do the opening of Eight, it was so crazy doing the same scene with a different crew of people. Um, but he's amazing to rehearse with, and I'm very excited to do the rest of the stuff. It's such a good story, seriously. <laughs> Luke so- is so cool in this one, amazing. really. There was some good Rogue One stuff this week. Empire Magazine had a ton of photos. I don't know why I'm always surprised when they show more stuff, but because they show stuff all the time, so I shouldn't be surprised, but it seems like we're still digesting the trailer, and then now they're throwing these pictures out, which I'm not complaining about. It's going to be a marathon of stuff all the way until December. Yeah. I feel like. There's the cover. Yeah, Krennic and a couple Deaf Troopers. Yeah, which is pretty cool in that one because you can actually see, without them being lit up, the green in their visors and on their mask Ooh. is pretty cool. And they look like they have new guns, too. They have, oh, like, really? big tube guns. I didn't notice that. I almost look like they're, like, flare guns or grenade launchers or something crazy. Oh, man. So what's going on? What's, what are some of the photos that are inside? So we have uh, Jin Erso with uh, In the Rain... In a poncho with her big goggles uh, in front of orange, and she's got like uh, a, she's got like a gas mask, like a uh, Minoc hunt mask. Yeah, yeah, maybe she's been hanging out with two tubes. <laughs> <laughs> she's working her way up to two tubes. She's just got one tube. She's still learning. <laughs> <laughs> two tubes as a sign of trust said, "You can borrow my Minoc hunt mask." Yeah, his spare tube. Yeah, his Uno tubes. <laughs> We got a picture, a behind-the-scenes shot of Gareth Edwards with uh, Diego Luna and Felicity Jones, and then somebody from ILM with the big chrome ball getting the lighting, and some rebel troopers in the back. It looks like there's some dead stormtroopers in the back, too. Okay. Actually, there's a bunch of dead stormtroopers in the back. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Everyone's just, like, chit-chatting about the scene, and there's just dead guys laying on the ground. Maybe they're taking a nap. It could be. Soon. Will I rest? Yes. Forever sleep. It's sleepy being a stormtrooper. It's hot. It'd be tiring. Yeah, yeah I'd be asleep. <laughs> Just sleep. I don't have time to take this stuff off. Just kick me when it's time to shoot. <laughs> so then we got Riz Ahmed with as Bodhi Rook looking sweet. Bo- uh, Bodhi Rook. Rook. Rook, Rook. Raise the Rook. The Rook is on fire. (laughs) The Rook! The Rook! The Rook is on fire! Looking cool with his goggles, showing off his Imperial patch. He's got some kind of binoculars, so maybe he'll be wearing goggles while looking through binoculars. I don't know. (laughs) Taking it to the extreme. What do you see, Bodhi Rook? Everything. (laughs) 
we got a, a sweet pic of uh, Chirrut talking to Jin, and Chirrut has like a little bowl, which I think he was just finished eating breakfast. So <laughs> some cereal, some pretty pebbles, some oops all berries. Jetta makes they get Jedi crystals there, and they also make cereal. It's like Battle Creek in space, <laughs> cereal town, and then. Probably the, the sweetest of the batch. There's a shot of Krennic walking up the stairs with two Death Troopers in some Imperial thing, which I'm going to say is a Star Destroyer because it has the guys in the pit in the floor. Mm-hmm. But you were bringing up a good point that it's got the Death Star gunner looking guys or the Death Star helmet guys. I guess they're not the gunners. They're just yeah. the Death Star helmet guys in the back. But I think we were able to confirm that those guys are walking around in the Star Destroyer sometime as well, so it could be a Star Destroyer shot. Yeah, and I feel like they're in the beginning of Jedi, too. Command Station, this is ST-321, code clearance blue. We're starting our approach to deactivate the security shield. Security deflective shield will be deactivated when we have confirmation of your code transmission. Stand by. You are clear to proceed. The one picture, too, I feel like, and it's a really simple one, it's like Cassie Andor and Jin just like standing there and Jin's got like the head wrap on. Yeah, that one. I was like, that was tripping me out because I was looking at that and I was like, man, those are the rebel spies that steal the Death Star plans. Like that's for some reason, like looking at the picture, the two of them was just like, man, it, it that's what, hit, when it hit me, like those are like in Star Wars history, those are the, those people. Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You weren't on any mercy mission this time. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. Yeah, it's kind of neat to see somebody that you've heard about for 30 years, and now you get to put faces to them. Yeah. I don't know, just something about that picture, because it kind of looks like they're trying to hide out. They're trying, they're... Looks like they're trying not to be noticed or something. They both look kind of stressed. I don't know. Then I started thinking, too, like, all those parts, like, in the sizzle reel. And at the end of the trailer, like, the what will you become with Jin and, like, the Imperial thing. Like, if it's, like, what we think where they go into the Death Star. Or maybe they go into a Star Destroyer. Maybe they never even do go into the Death Star. Yeah, that's a good that's a possibility, right? That there's all this tease that they're going to be in the Death Star. But, man, maybe they don't. That's no moon. It's a space station. The only thing that makes me think that they're in the Death Star is the fact that they did the whole train station thing. Yeah. And I would think if they would have thought there were train stations in the Star Destroyers, it would have been something that showed up in the movies before. There was the talk that K2SO finds a bunch of other droids of his design, Imperial security droids or enforcement droids or whatever they were. It seems like they would be on the Death Star, too. The yeah. other, I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, all those shots of, like, Krennic and everybody, like, th- like the Empire probably is so hyped up on themselves with the Death Star. Fear will keep the local systems in line. Fear of this battle station. And what of the rebellion? If the rebels have obtained a complete technical readout of this station, it is possible, however unlikely, that they might find a weakness and exploit it. The plans you refer to will soon be back in our hands. Any attack made by the rebels against this station would be a useless gesture, no matter what technical data they've obtained. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. They probably think that this is the greatest thing. This is it. Like, in terms of like the Emperor and everyone, they're like, this is our, our crowning moment. This is what we've been working towards since Geonosis, since the Clone Wars, since before the Clone Wars. Yeah, for like 20 years. 
And then <laughs> like Luke Skywalker, like they just throw a bunch of t- like X-wing fighters up at it, and Luke Skywalker happens to blow it up. <laughs> like how pissed they must have been. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. And then the fact that Rogue One and A New Hope probably, like, Rogue One is going to lead right into A New Hope. Yeah, what's kind of cool is it's almost like Rogue One and A New Hope are going to be the same as Force Awakens and Episode Eight potentially, where they're two movies that are really almost the same movie. Because timeline-wise, they butt right up against each other. I wonder if that's going to be the new thing. Yeah, could be. Or they could flip it around, and for whatever reason, you know, there's... Four years, five years between eight and nine. Yeah, I don't know, because I guess the difference before was it took them so long to make a Star Wars movie that they kind of needed three or four years between the movie because everyone was three or four years older right? in reality. And now the movies are only coming out so much closer together that it does almost make sense to, to make the time frame different. Because if you jump ahead, if they jumped ahead five years between seven and eight and then five years between eight and nine or something like that right it's gonna be they won't look old enough annie my goodness you've grown so have you grown more beautiful i mean well for a senator i mean <laughs> you may okay if they if they took the same amount of time in between episodes one and two but like episode two story-wise began right at the end of episode one and they tried to make you mcgregor still have like that spiky haircut They'd be CG hair. <laughs> but, I mean, they did kind of do that with those words. It's like Natalie Portman's only, you know, two years, three years older, but she's supposed to be ten years older. Yeah. Well, Ian McGregor, but, too. Yeah, Ian McGregor, too, but at least he got he could have a beard and a mullet. It's true. You know? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> You're sweating. Relax. But I guess that's the the magic of Natalie Portman is like, she always looks the same age her whole life. She still looks the same as she does in Phantom Menace, and she's like thirty, right? Yeah. She did, she learned how to stop people from dying. <laughs> I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. I promise you. I will even learn to stop people from dying. There was one more pick. Okay. There's a another shot of the death troops by the burning burning stuff, which what I think people are thinking that that's potentially uh, the Erso household. Oh, in the flashback. Oh, um, but it's kind of cool. You can see them that they're all like misty with water and holding their big guns, and they got grenades and their cool Vader belts and all that. So, oh man, cool stuff. If that was the flashback, though, like we were saying, that would be if Generso is like a little girl. That would be almost Clone Wars time. Yeah. Well, that would be an interesting explanation for the Death Troops if the Death Troops are actually like an older model of Stormtrooper in a way that like post-Clone Wars they had the Death Troopers and maybe they're not in the later movies because they kind of phased them out and the Death Troopers we see in Rogue One are 
you know, the last squadron or something since they've been around for since Jin was a kid. What if the Death Troopers are clones? I'm Commander Cody, your new boss. They could be, except for they're really tall and skinny. Oh. Yeah. Because you can kind of see that in the picture where they're walking up the stairs with uh, Krennic and um, Gareth Edwards mentioned that in one of the interviews that they were like, they had some concepts of these tall, skinny stormtroopers, and I think they hired all guys who were like six or seven feet tall to be the Death Troopers. Wow. But I guess they could be clones of a tall, skinny guy. So yeah, maybe they are like a post-Clone Wars clone, pre-Stormtrooper kind of clone. Yeah, maybe maybe there are even aliens underneath. That would be wild. Ooh. We haven't seen a non-human Stormtrooper. There's one. Set for stun. I mean, but yeah, there could be. But I mean, Palpatine is so like xenophobic. Like It's like a no-alien. doesn't want any aliens around. Masamita sitting around crying somewhere. Palpatine won't even call him anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, unless the Death Troopers are like pre-before he made that decree i don't know or their krennics krennic hired them or something i don't know they cloned cad bane (laughs) (laughs) let's make this a bit more interesting so there were uh there were some action figure two packs that were i don't think the pictures were officially officially released but no i don't think so but they were like uh the site Oh, what was the name of the site that had them? I don't remember, but they're they were super high res. Yeah, I think Yak Face had them, and everybody had them. They looked great. You could zoom in on them. There was a the Rebel Commando Pow with a Death Trooper, which Pow the Pow figure looked amazing. And you know, I don't know if you noticed, but I think he has the movable mouth like the Akbar oh, Force no. Awakens figure had. Because <laughs> if you zoom in on the one where he's out of the package, I think his mouth opens and closes. <laughs> So, I know there's going to, Akbar and him are going to spend a lot of time chit-chatting on my desk. (laughs) Hello! I loved you in your film. Thank you! I loved you in your film. I love you, Gabe. (laughs) I can feed them every day, keep them happy. Eat your yogurt. Come on. Why are you going to make a mess? It's got calcium. Come on. And the real big highlight was a Scarif Beach Trooper with what we used to know as the White Yeti. Now we know him by his real name, Moroff. Moroff, which I think is because he's more awesome than everybody else. <laughs> he's totally awesome. They're like, how do we make an alien that's more awesome than someone else? <laughs> make it more awesome. More awesome. He's so awesome. <laughs> There's a little picture in the corner. Of the the action figure box for that, where it's more off with this double rocket launcher backpack thing. The sad thing is, all those things never end up really being in the movie. I'm, I, <laughs> but I went back and looked at the behind the scenes footage, and he does have the backpack in the movie. So maybe his action accessories aren't as not in the movie as the other guys. If Moroff actually fights. A beach trooper? Like, if he somehow is part of the crew? It'll be like the the seismic charges. The whole room will get quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Just explode into rocks. In the pictures where he's out of the package, he has that big, like, Gatling gun machine gun. And if you go back and watch the sizzle reel footage, he's got that in his backpack. Oh, so at least no. that gun he's got. So maybe he is doing some... Uh, I hope so. I'm saying right now he's part of the crew. I hope so. Him, Bistan, and Powell get their own spinoff movie. 
ASAP. Mm-hmm. That's like we don't know what the third spinoff movie is going to be yet. It's going to be the gruesome treesome. The, gru- <laughs> the gruesome treesome. Uh, I would if they could if you could pre-order tickets for that, then I would. Yeah, we can start a Kickstarter and send it to Lucasfilm. We already paid for tickets. Just make the movie. <laughs> That's, we already did the work for you. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a Star Wars story. <laughs> Gruesome, treesome, more awesome than anything you've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know. I was happy to see them because when, for, well, I guess now it's not Force Friday, right? It's Rogue Friday. Yeah. It looks like there's going to be some good stuff. Like those, just buying those two packs, those two two packs, you're like, you're set. You got a Death Trooper, a Scarif Trooper, and two of the best aliens. I wonder with Rogue Friday, I wonder how many like Toys R Uses or Targets or anything are actually going to do it. I wonder if it's oh. all, I wonder if it's only going to be big cities or something. I think they will all do it. Why yeah. wouldn't they? It's just not it doesn't seem like there's as much like remember last year you'd go into a Toys R Us and there was like a countdown clock <laughs> to when you couldn't buy figures when there'd be empty shelves. Yeah, but that was only a couple weeks before. Was it? Yeah. And I almost feel like Rogue One has more crazy characters in it. Like I feel like there's more toys. There's new. There's more new ships and things that. Because um, remember from uh, oh, was it Comic Con? They're gonna have like the walking at at with yeah. the orange things in it that actually yeah. walks. Like there's a bunch of new toys coming out. Do you think the kind of failure of Force Friday will keep people away? Oh, because they didn't have any stuff. Yeah. Do you think people will be like, I'm not doing that again? <sighs> Maybe because it does seem like they still haven't even gotten Force Awakens figures like figured out. There's a bunch of Force Awakens figures I still to this day have never actually seen in a store. No, yeah, never. And there's still and there's still no Luke figure. No, which is crazy. Yeah, which is insane. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, I guess we'll figure out if Hasbro figured it out or not. Maybe they're trying to fix it because there is there was <laughs> the beautiful. Uh, Old man Poe two pack, <laughs> where it's like the if Tony Danza was Poe, I thought it looked like Rowan Atkinson. Oh, maybe that's too. If you ever wanted a, a Mr. Bean cosplaying as Poe figure, Force Friday's your day. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, uh, hello. <laughs> I didn't know Rowan Atkinson was in Force Awakens. Now I'm more excited. Yeah, I'll go watch it again. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you already saw the movie, you didn't really see the movie. <laughs> Mr. Bean is Snoke. Even you, master of the Knights of Ren, have never faced such a test. You heard it here first. <laughs> Last one's exclusive. <laughs> Mr. Bean is Snoke. Don't be surprised in episode eight if there's a hog. <laughs> it's the giant chicken. <laughs> he's got the he's got the big turkey on his head. <laughs> a giant, yeah. Oh man, Snoke's a giant, and that giant rubber chicken turkey was is stuck on his head. <laughs> that's why. That's why the big chicken was on the set of episode eight. Yeah. <laughs> We're figuring it out. Oh man, all the clues. <laughs> it's all falling into place. <laughs> Take away his laser pistol, Lobot. You'll pay for this Lando Calrissian. Han Solo and other action figures each sold separately. Outnut, check the carbon freezing chamber. Ready, sir. Why did you do it? The Empire tricked me, Han. I had no 
choice. Prepare for freezing. Long live the Alliance. Goodbye, my friend. Lando Calrissian and new Han Solo, Ugnaught, and Lobot action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. I think we should have the talk right now, a serious talk with our listening audience. Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this while walking, you might need to sit down. If you're listening, we're driving. Perhaps you should pull over because we we have to talk about Lobot. It's time. I think I think you're old enough now <laughs> to understand the the ins and outs of Lobot, or as his friend as Lando calls him, or called him Low. Low. Which is short for Lobot, if you weren't, <laughs> if you were confused. One of the best characters ever created in any literature, art, anything, Lobot. Yeah. He's a Star Wars superstar. One I, of the high points of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, one of, one of the best things about that movie. I rewatched Empire recently. And there are several things I noticed about Lobot in that film. I don't know if you've ever noticed. Gabe, when when Han is being tortured, when they cut back to the to the hallway, Lobot is just about to give Boba Fett a dirty look. Oh, I missed that. Right before Darth Vader comes out. You may take Captain Solo to Jabba the Hutt after I have Skywalker. He's no good to me, dead. It got me thinking, like, if Lobot wanted to, do you think he could beat up Boba Fett? Probably not, unfortunately. <laughs> I would put my money on Lobot. But he could outsmart him. Ah. Maybe maybe that's how Boba Fett ended up in the Sarlacc. Lobot basically started running the numbers of what he had to do mm-hmm. to get back at Boba Fett. And it took him a few years, but it happened. I think if Boba Fett put down his blasters and challenged Lobot to a fisticuffs... Like an mm. old old fashioned boxing match, I would hundred percent put my money on Lobot. Hand to hand, yeah, I think Lobot could take him. What if he doesn't survive? He's in just about every scene on Cloud City. He's usually looking at Lando. Probably one of the greatest parts in the Empire Strikes Back is him and Lando's eyes meeting in the freezing chamber. You know, when uh, Darth Vader's altering the deal, pray he doesn't alter it further. Mm-hmm. Take the princess and the Wookiee to my ship. You said they'd be left in the city under my supervision. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. So at that moment, and then right after that, when Lando calls Lobot up on Lando's iWatch... And wakes him up. They're, they're putting that whole plan into motion. But I love that part where their eyes meet because they both know what's going on, but they don't even have to say anything to each other. Yeah, it's almost like Lobot can't talk, and he can talk to computers, but he doesn't even need to talk because him and Lando are so close. They just need to look at each other. Super they best know what they're thinking. Yeah, which it's funny that Lobot doesn't talk where supposedly. No, as as if we record this, I haven't checked it out yet. But supposedly, according to legend, in the French dub version of Empire Strikes Back, Lobot says something. Bien joué. 
Enfermez-le dans la tour de sécurité, surtout en silence. Allez vite, à vos ordres. English and you put the audio in French if it would tell you what he said. So supposedly, originally, he was supposed to have a great deal of dialogue, mostly with Lando. However, it said the filmmakers decided the character had been lobotomized, hence the name Lobot, as a result of the installation of his cybernetic implant causing him to become mute. Yeah. Which I think the actor said he didn't care because, what did he say? Something like once you have a something with flashing lights on your head. Yeah, he's got, John Hollis's quote was, you've got a part where you're walking around with lights flashing on your head. You really can't fail, can you? So he was having a good time with it. Yeah, he, he had a puffy shirt with puffy sleeves. And tight pants. Tight pants. Doing good. All he has to do is point to the guys working on Cloud City and they go the other direction. Lobot, if you look up Lobot online, he's got kind of a fascinating backstory, right? And like the star of the Lando comic is really kind of Lobot. Yeah, that Lando comic, I think we've mentioned it before. We've talked about it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, if you haven't read that, it's one of my favorites of the new Marvel run. Yeah, it was really surprising because you kind of go in, you think it's going to be all about Lando, and it's like, oh, cool, Lobot's in it. And then they get you right from the get go to where it's like, wait a second. Why is Lobot talking? Talking a lot. So you're like, oh, wow. He could always talk. He just didn't feel like talking during Empire. <laughs> right. <laughs> and at first it was like, well, that's kind of weird. Why didn't he talk during Empire? But they tell you why. Yeah, you find out in the end why Lobot doesn't talk. And it's it's a really great story. And it really makes you look at him and Lando's relationship in Empire in a totally different way. Which is great because it's like that's kind of the, to me that's like that's the point of doing you know the comic series or a book or something outside of the movie is like if you can make watching the movies a different experience because you have this little bit of backstory, then they did something good. I mean, why? I mean, we we love Lobot. We've always loved Lobot. Yeah, I've always loved Lobot. What do you think the appeal is with Lobot? Aside from the fact he's got flashing lights on his head. Well, he's got flashing lights on his head. He's obviously a cyborg, which puts him to the top of the heap (laughs) right off the bat. I don't know. He's just, he's bald and shiny and he always knows what's up. You can kind of tell that he's like Lando's, he's Lando's Chewy in a way. Yeah. Where he's the kind of the, you don't know what he's saying, but you know he's telling Lando what to do to be a better person. I must feel like it's his conscience almost in a way. Yeah. I almost feel like Lobot is like the epitome of the Star Wars background character. Like the like the great Star Wars background characters that obviously have some sort of story, but by just watching the film, you have no idea. You you don't even know Lobot's name by watching. Like no one ever says, "Hey Lobot, come over here." Like I think we only found out Lobot's name through like the action figures. Yeah, because in the credits he's like, uh, "Was it Lando's aide or something yeah. like that?" Like Lobot is like you know all of these guys. Like even up to now, you know, Skull or Aurora Singh in Phantom Menace. Like 
these characters that show up and you're like, who is that? And what is their story? Yeah. Like Lobot is, I think the, the, the trendsetter for that. Yeah. Because he's hardly in the movie, but every scene he's in, he makes the most of it. And he's acting in a way where, yeah, you're like, there's obviously history with him and Lando and you want to know more. And he's not just like, he's standing in the background, but you're kind of mesmerized by him. I mean, at that point, we'd never seen like human robot man in Star Wars. Yeah, because up to that point, it would, you know, there's droids and there's people. And even at that point, you didn't really know if Vader was a, a what? was really a robot or yeah, not. Whatever. You didn't know what he was. Yeah, and it's obviously like there's something special about this guy. And then when Lando calls him on his watch. That's cool stuff. Yeah, wakes him up and he gets the whole shot right to himself. I always wonder what was going on in Lobot's room. When he's chilling? Yeah. Is that like Lobot's like, is that his pad? Is that where he hangs out? Because <laughs> he doesn't need stuff because he's... Anymore? Yeah. Well, we didn't see. I mean, he could have like a flat screen. He could have like, you know, a Sega Genesis in there or something. That's true. But maybe he doesn't need stuff because it's all inside his robot mind. That's true. He just closes his eyes and he's, uh, you know. Checking Facebook. Yeah, he's checking Facebook. He's got all the game systems. (laughs) (laughs) He's watching the rough cuts of Phantom Menace. (laughs) He's got it all. So one thing I thought was interesting with his crazy backstory is, according to the Wikipedia page, he was born the son of a slaver who traveled across the galaxy raiding backwater and poor worlds for slaves. At 15, his father was killed and their ship was boarded by pirates, and Lando served as the pirate's slave for two years before he escaped to Cloud City. Interesting. Yeah, and that's, that's something I didn't really realize in the past, too, is that like Bespin, Lobot was from Bespin. Yeah. And the reason, you know, Lando and him ended up back there was he actually had ties to Bespin. Right. And then, like, I think in the Marvel comics, Lobot stayed on Bespin after the end of Empire Strikes Back and helped finally fight the rest of the Empire off Bespin. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how it went. But I was trying to think about, I wonder why they didn't put Lobot in uh, Jedi because they don't really talk about that I don't think in the making of book if maybe just there weren't a lot of Lando fans well, <laughs> in, there, 19, in 1983 there, there was the deleted scene where Lobot like got arrested by a bunch of stormtroopers right right but since it wasn't in the movie yeah yeah unless he just it's because he was still on Bespin and Lando got away man that would be a there's another Star Wars story standalone. Oh, absolutely. Just all about Lobot or Lando taking a mission to go get rescue Lobot. Mm. This is outrageous. It's outrageous. This is outrageous. I mean, just imagine, or even like the TV show, like just imagine the Star Wars ABC TV show where it's like next week on the Star Wars show, Billy D is back as Lando with the mission to go save Lobot. All right, old buddy. I would watch that. Set in like Force Awakens time. But then John Hollis is dead. 
I know. I was thinking about that too. That it's going to be sad if Lando is in Episode Eight. He never. I mean, I guess there's not that many hardcore Lobot fans that would be mad. Like I would, I would be happy enough if they just had someone else playing Lobot that I wouldn't mind. But I wonder if they would bring Lobot back. Lobot Junior, his son. <sighs> Little Bot, <laughs> even lower Bot. <laughs> yeah, there you go, lower Bot. Or the, he, he named him Lando Bot. <laughs> uh, I named my son after you, Lando. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think a cool thing with Lobot, too, is he's kind of, I don't know if they, and I don't remember ever reading this either, if he was a, a, a intentionally a kind of homage to THX 1138, or if that just, because he's bald. My time is yours. That's one, that's Go ahead. Very good. Proceed. Yes, I understand. Yes, fine. You get that because he kind of looks like Robert Duvall a little bit. He does, yeah. He does have a very, very THX one three eight look. Yeah, yeah. Even with the kind of the color scheme of him, mm-hmm. I like to think that THX one and three eight takes place in the Star Wars universe. What's wrong? Nothing, nothing really. I just feel that I need something stronger. If you have a problem, don't hesitate to ask for assistance. Yes, thank you. I'll be all right. Call three four eight five. I could see that on a planet somewhere. Mm-hmm. It should, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't it? If ET's in the same, I mean, if ET's in the same universe, why not THX eleven thirty eight? Yeah. All the George Lucas movies, even American Graffiti, should actually be on an alien planet, the fifties planet. Hello, baby. Yeah, this is the Big Bopper speaking. It could be. It should be Tucker, a man in his dream. It should be another planet. I mean, Radioland Murders, I think they confirmed, is. It probably was another planet, yeah. That is on a, that's on some strange planet. That's not on Earth. wonder if Lobot will show up on Rebels, then. We talked about this before. If they want the whole world to start watching Rebels, they need to announce right away, we've got Lobot. Because... I think going back and looking at the comic stuff, the comic takes place before Empire, but after New Hope. So they could have Lando running into Lobot in Rebels, and it would be talking Lobot, Well, which would be wild to see on screen. If Donald Glover is young Lando in the Han Solo film, could there be Lobot with him? I hope so. I mean, I but maybe Lo, maybe when Lando arrives on Cloud City, however that happens. Lobot's already just there. But they're not on Cloud City in the comic. That's true. They haven't got to Cloud City yet. That's true, and that's canon. Yeah. Because, I mean, I do really like the idea, now that thinking about it, that Han's got Chewie and Lando's got Lobot, and they each have their, their, their better half mute friend. I don't know, man. When Lando had the Millennium Falcon, do you think Lobot was the co-pilot? Probably. Because he didn't need to have, you know, he's probably the one doing all the coordinate stuff and getting the ship ready. Maybe he's the one that taught the Millennium Falcon its strange dialect. Maybe. 
Do you know I think it's, about that? I think about that a lot. That f- that the Millennium Falcon was talking to C three PO, and it had a strange dialect. Could be, yeah. And I guess at this point now with the comics too, right? The, there's a chance now that they're doing the Han thing that Lando and Lobot could show up in that. Yeah, we may have not heard the last, even though we've heard <laughs> the last of Lobot, we may not have seen the last of Lobot. Fermez-le dans la tour de sécurité, surtout en silence. Allez vite, à vos I know one thing I wanted to bring up about Lobot that kind of makes me sad okay. because Lobot's so awesome. Don't bump he's people not, He's yet to have a really good action figure because the faces on all of them look like they're melting. <laughs> and there's been like three different sculpts of his face and they're all kind of terrible. There was the one where they put him in like an action pose. And I really kind of like the the original old Kenner Lobot, but it's, yeah, his face did look, he looked, he didn't have the, the intensity that John Hollis robot has. Lobot yeah, not, has. none of the Lobots have the, do justice to John Hollis's grizzled face <laughs> and, and intensity. Yeah, because the original one, he kind of looks like Emperor Palpatine's face with headphones on. Yeah. And they've only made three, I think. They all do a good job of his puffy sleeves, though. Yeah, they do get the puffy sleeves and the tight pants down. Yeah, but yeah, well, there, there's no Lobot Hot Toys sideshow. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a Lobot uh, bobblehead, the bobblehead people. What are those things called? Yeah, Funko Pops. Funko Pops. Yeah. There's and then no- the most the most recent Lobot, from I think from 2004, it kind of looks like him, but it looks like him if he like, went in the old man machine and they like sucked the life out of him. There's no Lobot like, soft, plush, huggable doll that, for the kids to sleep with. My kids would sleep a lot better with a hug- with a huggable Lobot. I would. There's no Lobot Pez dispenser. Are you sure? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> I think you're probably right, though. But... We love you, Lobot. Yeah. Oh, I did think of one one cool Lobot scene that kind of slipped my mind until I watched Empire again the other day too. Is I like that when they're going. To uh, when Lando's bringing them to basically meet with Vader for dinner, mm-hmm. as as they're walking in, you see Lobot walk by, yeah, go in the other direction, and he doesn't even acknowledge them. No, because he's going to basically get the stormtroopers and come back. Mm-hmm. I like that part. So, Gabe, we got uh, we got some listener mail. Hey, yeah. This is from our friend Ian. He's on uh, Twitter at The Porch Awakens, and he wrote us, Dear Blast Points, I have two questions for you, homies. Here goes. Blast Points episode 36, that was our last one, uh, of course sent me barreling into the prequels, starting with The Phantom Menace. Great. Uh, When Darth Maul first shows up and he's talking to Sidious, he says they want to get some revenge. What is that all about? Sorry if I'm missing something. At last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. So let's tackle that question. It's a really good question. In the, new, in the new canon, what is the revenge of the Sith? The 
The only thing I can think of in the new canon, and our very wise listeners, if you know more, please feel free to write in. But in, the, in Twilight of the Apprentice, we saw the Scourge of, the scourge of Mandalore. Of, 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 of Malachor. The, yeah, we saw the Scourge of, of Malachor, where thousands of years ago, there was this great Jedi versus Sith battle. And there were the Kylo Ren lightsabers, and there were the old Jedi Guardian mass. The ground looks scorched. Whoa, Kanan, look, a lightsaber. And another. This was a battlefield. What happened here? It looks like at one time, thousands of years ago, Jedi Knights attacked the temple. And the Jedi won, right? From what I can tell, nobody won. Uh, there were, and there was the, the Sith that was trapped in the temple... That was talking. So obviously there was some many, many, many years ago in the new canon, some hardcore Jedi-Sith battle. But really, I feel like that's kind of been untouched. Yeah. I mean, they kind of left it open to tell more stories, but they did. I mean, Cad, not Cad Bane. Darth Bane shows up in the end of Clone Wars. Yeah. His uh, hologram spirit kind of thing. So I would think that there's still... The creator of the Rule of Two. Yeah, the creator of the Rule of Two. And then there was Sith and, yeah, the... I think just that the fact that the Sith were kind of driven, driven to the rule of two, and then there's, they were uh, a bigger power in the past, and they've been waiting a thousand years to get revenge on the Jedi for, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's fascinating though that I that's think, that's a story now. I mean, in the past there were the Jedi versus Sith comics, there was the old tales of the Jedi comics, but in the new canon, that's kind of a a great fascinating topic that hasn't been fully explored yet. Yeah, I can totally see them going back to that. And probably similar to any of the stuff for Rebels of they're going to pick and choose from the old EU stuff and kind of come up with something. I would be really surprised if that doesn't end up being a um, standalone movie at some point as well. Well, and also with Luke going to the first Jedi Temple. Yeah. Just by him doing that and part of 8 being... if. If the Achu planet is the first Jedi temple, if we assume that's where Rey went, clearly by that we're going to learn more about the ancient history of the Jedi. Yeah, and Force Awakens kind of already set the precedent that they can do the Force flashback kind of thing, so maybe we will actually see some of the early Jedi times and early Sith times. Right. With Filoni being on the set of Eight, I don't know. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy and we shall peace. question number two do you think there will be blast points t-shirts by april so i can rep my fave 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 podcast and look mega swayze at celebration love ian may the portrait with you yes we will have blast points t-shirts Hopefully before Celebration, so that if you want to wear a Blast Points t-shirt at Celebration, we will have them available in enough time so you'll be able to get one and, as Ian said, look mega swayze. Yep. You'll be able to plan your wardrobe for the week. Yeah. But, yeah, stay tuned with that. Like We've talked about it, and um, it's in the works. And as soon as 
they're available. We'll let you know how you can get your own very how you can get your very own Blast Points t-shirt. Star Wars celebration. What's up? So, Gabe, we've got a bunch of iTunes reviews. So I realized something this week. Thanks to our friends at the Generation X-Wing podcast, they informed me that in different countries, you can only see that country's iTunes reviews for podcasts. Oh, I never realized that. That's okay. I didn't know that either. So if you're in England and you look up Blast Points, there's only like a couple. If you look in America, there's like 30-something, so on, so on. Okay, first of all, so we've got one here that's pretty old. It goes all the way back to April 24th. It's a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's from our friend Steel Saunders from the Steel Wars podcast. And he writes great interviews. Really enjoyed the J.W. Rinsler and Mary Franklin interviews. Cheers. So that's a way back. Yeah. And it's nice to hear good things about the interviews. Yeah. So, yeah, so if you go back to our back episodes, you can find interviews I did with uh, Jade, author J.W. Rinsler, wrote all the making of books, and uh, Star Wars Celebration, Head Honcho, Big Boss, Mary Franklin. Those are, I think, like the first 20 episodes that there were. So you should go back and listen to them. Thank you, Steel Saunders, for writing that way back in April. Yeah, sorry. Sorry we didn't read it sooner. <laughs> yeah, we don't hate you. I promise. You must contact me. There was one from the beginning of the month in August 8th. Uh, it says, Holy moly, what a podcast from N.F. Roberts. And he writes, I usually have to take a day off work after listening to an episode of Blast Points to contemplate the mysteries of Luke's hair. These guys get excited about all the things I get excited about, but can't be openly excited about in public because I'd lose my job and I'd sound crazy when I talk about Star Wars. This is my favorite part. Star Wars is but a single push away from ruining Gabe and Jason's lives in the best possible ways. (laughs) A dilemma I can relate to. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to stare out the window with a glass of bourbon and think about Palpatine having lines in The Force Awakens. Yeah, thank you, guys. And it really is uh, just one push away from ruining our lives, I think. Yeah, it is. Here's one from July called uh titled excellent work boys from quixote 22 this podcast is quickly becoming a fave not just another star wars podcast hosts are entertaining and discuss issues that not only relate to current news but info and nostalgic topics such as classic commercials cartoons and even turkish star wars keep it up boys gen x-wing podcast thank Thank you. you thank you thank you Thank you. 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 Hi, JJ Abrams here. On behalf of the entire cast and crew of Star Wars Episode 7, thank you. And these. Last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise.
that about wraps it up here for episode number 37. Um, you should like our Facebook page. Uh, go like us on Instagram. And you can follow us on Twitter and talk to us there. We're at blast underscore points on all of that. Um, you can re- I write some Star Wars stuff over on doomrocket.com. Got my very last episode of the Clone Wars recap coming up this week. Cad Bane. It's going to be good. But yeah, anything else you got, Gabe? That's it. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Send us questions and comments. We like to read them. And your Lobot fan art. We want to see that. Yeah, any Lobot uh, tattoos. Soap carvings. Mashed potato sculpts. Lobot cookies. Cupcakes. Cupcakes, cookies. (laughs) Lobot pizza. (laughs) We want to see all of it. Send it. All right, so on behalf of uh, episode 37, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, thank you. May the Force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the Force be with you. Is in the hizzy.